quick. John Peter Zanger's fame rests upon his role in what is perhaps the best-known free speech trial in American history. As a result of the John Peter Zanger trial for libel, ideas such as how a free press was essential to liberty, how juries should determine both fact and law, and how true statements cannot be considered libel or popularized, ultimately creating a significant turning point which helped to shape the basis of American government. This is a trial of John Peter Zanger fight for a free press. I want journalism that is credible, is well-sourced, and thoughtful. I want journalism that is less concerned with making money and more concerned with telling truth. Basically, I want journalism that can be straightforward and give people the facts and not try to put too much of a slant on everything that's presented. I want journalism that's, uh, that ha is, is researched, I guess. I'd like to, I'm looking for the truth. I want journalism that actually provides me information. I want this shit to go viral. I want a million subscribers. I told her be quiet, no DMX unless she trying to be my rough rider. Hey, I want it so I'ma go get it. I want it so I'ma go get it. I want it so I'ma go get it. If I said it, then I meant it. Hey, I want this shit to go viral. I want a million subscribers. I told her be quiet, no DMX unless she trying to be my rough rider. Hey, I want it so I'ma go get it. 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 I want internet that will support any application I can imagine. Watching TV from my home. Um, on my computer, I want that to be enabled by broadband. I want internet that encourages innovation. I want internet that's consistent, um, easily accessible, dependable, something that I'm not going to have to tool around with because I'm not a techie. Internet that is accessible and affordable will go a long way to renewing our economy. I want internet that is uh, net neutral and broadband access available for everyone in the United States. But I would like internet that is uh, free and available for all people, especially the disadvantaged. I want internet that is pervasive and drives community transformation. Please. 
Ladies and gentlemen, before going to your questions, I have a statement with regard to the Mideast, which I think will anticipate some of the questions because this will update the information which is breaking rather fast in that area, as you know, for the past two days. Uh, the ceasefire is holding. Uh, there have been some violations, but generally speaking, it can be said that it is holding at this time. Uh, as you know, as a result of the UN resolution, which was agreed to yesterday by a vote of 14 to nothing, a peacekeeping force will go to the Mideast. And this force, however, will not include any forces from the major powers, including, of course, the United States and the Soviet Union. Uh, the question, however, has arisen as to whether observers from major powers could go to the Mideast. Uh, my up-to-the-minute report on that, and I just talked to Dr. Kissinger five minutes before coming down, is this. Uh, we will send observers to the Mideast if requested by the Secretary General of the United Nations. Uh, and we have reason to expect that we will receive such a request. With regard to the peacekeeping force, I think it's important for all of you ladies and gentlemen, and particularly for those listening on radio and television to know why the United States has insisted that major powers not be part of a peacekeeping force and that major powers not introduce military forces into the Mideast. A very significant and potentially explosive crisis developed on Wednesday of this week. We obtained information which led us to believe that the Soviet Union was planning to send a very substantial force in the Mideast, a military force. When I received that information, I ordered shortly after midnight on Thursday morning a alert for all American forces around the world. This was a precautionary alert. Uh, the purpose of that was to indicate to the Soviet Union that uh, we could not accept uh, any unilateral move on their part to move military forces into the Mideast. Um, I want public media that gives me um, information about local civic affairs in my community. I want public media that uh, represents people of color for people in my community and that addresses and analyzes um, each of our needs. I want public media that tells the truth, that tells the stories, that breaks down stereotypes. I want public media to return local voices to our political conversations at the local, state, and national levels. I want public media that uh, creates engagement and discussion and accountability and allows us to communicate with our elected officials so they know what we really want. So I want public media that is fully funded to the extent that it needs to be for all the voices to be included. I want public media that represents diverse voices and talks about what's going on in people's communities and how folks are organizing for health care, education, housing, and to meet their basic needs. Uh, at the same time, in the early morning hours, I also proceeded on the diplomatic front in a message to Mr. Brezhnev, an urgent message, I indicated to him our reasoning and I urged that we not proceed along that course and that instead that we join in the United Nations in supporting a resolution which would exclude any major powers from participating in a peacekeeping force.
uh, as a result of that communication uh, and the return that I received from Mr. Brezhnev, we had several exchanges, I should say, uh, we reached the conclusion that we would jointly support the resolution which was adopted uh, in the United Nations. We now come, of course, to the critical time in terms of the future of the Mideast. And here, the outlook is far more hopeful than what we have been through this past week. Uh, I think I could safely say that the chances for not just a ceasefire, which we presently have, and which, of course, we have had in the Mideast for some time, but the outlook for a permanent peace is the best that it has been in 20 years. Born in Palatinate, Germany, in 1697, John Peter Zanger arrived in America with his family during the summer of 1710. To support them, Zanger was apprenticed to William Bradford, publisher of the New York Gazette. For eight years, Zanger learned the printing trade. When his apprenticeship was over, Zanger traveled to Maryland and became printer for the Maryland Assembly. When his wife died, in 1722, Sanger returned to New York and married Anna Catherine. Sanger became Bradford's partner in 1725, but split and founded his own shop on Smith Street in 1726. In 1732, William Cosby replaced Rip Van Dam as governor of New York. Cosby demanded half of Van Dam's salary to pay off debt and sued when Van Dam refused. Cosby then declared the New York Supreme Court a court of equity, consisting only of judges loyal to him. However, one judge did not cooperate. No statement, Your Honor. Your Honor, before you decide, may I say something? Yes, Your Honor, please. I don't think this gentleman is one of the heirs. He's not here as amicus curiae, and I'm positive he's not here in the interests of Mr. White. Whom does he presume to represent? Well, sir, I'm trying to save a newspaper. Which is not yours in the first place. Fact is true. The day consists of a big building. I don't own that. It also consists of typewriters, teletypes, presses, newsprint, ink, and desks. I don't own those either. But this newspaper is more than that. We're all aware of what a newspaper consists. I'm not so sure about that. The reason for this is that the two major powers, the Soviet Union and the United States, uh, have agreed, this was one of the results of Dr. Kissinger's trip to Moscow, have agreed that we would participate in trying to expedite the talks between the parties involved. That does not mean that the two major powers will impose a settlement. It does mean, however, that we will use our influence with the nations in the area to expedite a settlement. The reason we feel this is important is that, first, from the standpoint of the nations in the Mideast, none of them, Israel, Egypt, Syria, none of them can or should go through the agony of another war. The losses in this war on both sides have been very, very high. I'm going to call, I'm going to ask Representative Pearson and Congressman Clay want to say something. Listen, uh, listen, uh, listen. No, excuse me. Excuse me if you would. Excuse me. Why can't these officers be in front of all these businesses 
as being as that is when I'm comfortable on it. Amen. That's what I'm going to do. If I need this, I must start. We got five more minutes to run the same. Let's go. Yo, we need answers. Today is more than a building, it's people. 1,500 men and women whose skill, heart, brain, experience make a great newspaper possible. We don't own one stick of furniture in this company. But we, along with the 290,000 people who read this paper, have a vital interest in whether it lives or dies. This is highly irregular procedure. So is the murder of a newspaper. Aren't you carrying this a bit too far? The death of a newspaper sometimes has far-reaching effects. Meaning your own pocketbook in this case. In this case, meaning some unfinished business called Rienzi. If you read the day, you'd know what I mean. I don't care to discuss Mr. Rienzi. This newspaper does. This doesn't concern us here today. It concerns the public really day. A newspaper, as Mr. White will agree, is published first, last, and always in the public interest. Yours is not the only newspaper in town. Right now, it's the only newspaper willing to expose Rienzi. Your Honor, an honest, fearless press is the public's first protection against gangsterism, local or international. Without competition, there could be no freedom of the press. And I'm talking about free enterprise, Your Honor. The right of the public to a marketplace of ideas, news, and opinions. Not of one man's, or one leader's, or even one government's. I... Well, I guess that's all I have to say. This was a supposed to be a protest against police brutality. There wasn't much protesting going on, per se. It was mostly just students hanging out in the plaza. Uh, the only strange thing was they were surrounded by hundreds of police and riot gear. Looks like they're coming in off buses here. Uh, if you could estimate about how many police were there to students, as far as like ratio. There were, I would say there were three police officers for every student. Uh, there weren't that many students there. It was, I mean, there weren't that many civilians there. It was maybe, I don't know, a couple hundred, but there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cops. So they had a helicopter out? They had a couple helicopters out, shining the lights down on the crowd. Uh, it was fairly intimidating. Uh, have you any advice for young budding journalists heading out on the truth wagon? Yes, cover everything you can firsthand the old-fashioned way. Don't rely on the internet too heavily and don't do too much copying of other stories. Verify, 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 and whenever you can, cover things firsthand. Don't let anyone be first in front of you between the story and your notebook. You should be in the front row, your notebook, there's the story. Burned the papers themselves. Frustrated, Cosby ordered Attorney General Bradley to issue an arrest warrant for Zanger. Five days later, Zanger was arrested and placed in the city jail located in the attic of the New York City Hall. To prevent Zanger from printing any more articles, Zanger's bail was set at a high 400 pounds. When Zanger's wife visited, Singer told her to continue publishing the newspaper. Alexander and Smith challenged the right of the judges to rule. The Lancy Most part it was just Now it sounded like we heard somebody 
say duck duck goose and I read in the Post Gazette that the reporter had said students were playing that. Yeah, students were playing games in the lawn. Um, someone had like a boom box that was playing the chicken dance, which was a weird juxtaposition against the uh, very So what's happening here? We have a lot of people moving. Yeah, this is when the police really started surrounding the group. Um, a lot of people at this point realized that they, they probably didn't want to be there and just started uh, walking away. At this point, you could still get out. Uh, First Amendment was, was debated and drafted, and, and one of the five core clauses in the First Amendment is the Freedom of the Press Clause. Uh, the understanding of freedom of the press then, among all the people who participated in those debates, and I think it's safe to say for decades, if not generations thereafter, was not that freedom of the press meant the government should just let rich people make as much money as possible in media. And the tragedy must not occur again. There have been four of these wars, as you ladies and gentlemen know, over the past 20 years. But beyond that, it is vitally important to the peace of the world uh, that this potential trouble spot, which is really one of the most potentially explosive areas in the world, that it not become an area in which the major powers come together in confrontation. What I'm saying is, um, we're too dependent on technology, you think? No. Um, the journalists today? <laughs> This exhibition uh, is kind of propaganda wallpaper. We begin here, the introduction, asking the big question, who needs a less free press? And establishing the fact that the big myth is that the press has been too free, and the truth is that even before the new regulator comes in, the British press is neither free nor open enough. British colonists beginning to think that they could and should make choices for themselves, rather than giving extensive obedience, deference, and decision-making power to their supposed betters. The Zanger trial did not immediately bring about changes in freedom of the press or libel laws, but it almost certainly played a role as a catalyst. I'm going to ask this one first. We move on to the first chapter of the argument, which are making a polemical point about the fact that, in many different ways, the British press is already being constricted. There are already far too many laws restricting freedom of expression and freedom of the press in Britain. Far too many police 
investigations into the press and asking the question, why do we need to regulate the press anyway? Contrasting Lord Justice Leveson's 2,000 page, 1 million word report with the 45 words of the First Amendment to the US Constitution. I want it so I'ma go get it. 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 What does freedom of the press mean as it relates to ownership? Why should we care? Uh, we care about freedom of the ownership because of freedom of the press. I mean, ownership of the media is important as a subset of freedom of the press. And I think that's we keep that in, in priority because when the Constitution was drafted... The ideas that are presented were revolutionary for its time, and they were spread widely due to Alexander's political text. It was during this time period that British-American relations were starting to flay with new ideas about the value of an individual. These two factors set the stage for the ideas presented in the Zanger trial to become the catalyst for a significant turning point in history. The understanding of freedom of the press was it meant that no self-governing society could survive without a viable press system that gave, let people control their own lives, self-government. And ownership had to serve that end. But it was a social right of all people, not just the right of a handful of wealthy owners to do as they please. And what has happened in our society over our history has been that this core value really drove a lot of our policies in the early republic and through the 19th century. The most uh, significant historian of the post office, for example, describes the U.S. post office as nothing short of the Manhattan Project of a free press. There's the enormous subsidy the post office did, which is primarily distribution means of newspapers, to spawn a vast print media that would have never existed had it been left purely to market forces and what would have made money at the time. And what we have to understand then is that our media system isn't the result of free markets, it's the result of government policies and subsidies. It was then, and it is still very much the to this day. And what's the crucial issue we have to understand then is if that's the case, if it's the result of policies and subsidies, if our largest companies get radio and TV channels, get cable system franchises, get copyright protection, how are those policies made and whose name are they made? I think this is where we get to the core of the problem in our society and how we get to the solution. The core policies about media in this country have been made corruptly behind closed doors in recent years by very powerful lobbies with very little public awareness. Question over here. Our hope is that, uh, that uh, we'll, we'll get situational awareness tomorrow morning. Our hope is that with the help of all, that tonight will be a uh, more peaceful night than last night, uh, while allowing the appropriate emotions and energies and allowing uh, folks to speak out. Bob, I'm going to give the first question to you. The culture of what I call, you can't say that. There's some examples of recent cases where newspapers have been picked on by politicians and where people have been sent to jail or arrested just for being offensive on Twitter or Facebook.
Today, White House counsel uh, contacted Judge Sirica. We tried yesterday, but he was in Boston, as you know. And arrangements were made to meet with Judge Sirica on Tuesday uh, to work out the office, which I shall continue to do. Here's our pens, guys. Yeah. But it wasn't so much that they were just preventing you from leaving. That would just be an inconvenience. It was actually much more frightening. They were herding everyone back into the main group, uh, which was a very frightening prospect if you were just trying to get out of there. And how did you get away, Bill? I jumped over the bushes and into the Cathedral of Learning lawn shortly before they started arresting people in that lawn and um, made my escape. I'm glad you made it. Thank you for sharing that with us, Bill.